With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Reds Bet. This is our season review. We've been working with Reds Bet through the season so far, and what they're looking to do is to take your losses, i.e. their profits, and take 50% of them back into Liverpool fan-related causes. Uh, that's what they're up to. That's what they're trying to work on, fan-related causes and fan-related initiatives. Please, obviously, only engage with Reds Bet if you are over 18, and if you already do gamble, feel free to cross over to them. If you are going to do that, please be gamble-aware, and if you don't gamble, that's absolutely fine. Uh, but Reds Bet will be doing loads of stuff around the World Cup uh, if you are someone of that perspective persuasion who enjoys that sort of thing as said before this is our season review where everyone talks for five to ten minutes we have a little bit of an exchange and we go from there it's our first one of these we'll be doing one with the the review crew so the review review not that this stuff gets complicated Uh, then we'll also I've done one already which I have pre-recorded which will come out on Wednesday with Gareth Roberts uh, Philippa Smallwood and Paul Sini that one's to come and we'll be doing one with our City Talk show looking back across the course of the season this one has got John Gibbons it's got Fuad Hassan it's got Craig Hannon it's got Adam Smith but it's also got Rob Gutman Rob review the season Oh, it's me first. Brilliant. Fantastic. I made notes and everything. Okay, where where do you begin on a season that promised so much, delivered so much and sort of ended ended in the way it did? And yet we, none of us are truly down about it, I don't think. I, I, in terms of sort of analysing whether you think a season's a good one, and I think you always have to be true to yourself and go back and honestly ask, what did you expect at the outset? I know it's obvious to say, but I think we often forget this. My target at the outset, I think the target of most people I spoke to, and I think if we could could find the audio from the beginning of the season, would say, we want Liverpool to finish top four again, and we want them also to be able to sustain a parallel Champions League campaign. We hadn't had the two very often in the preceding decades. Uh, the last time it happened under Brendan Rodgers, it hadn't gone well. We hadn't managed both together when we finished fifth and went out in the group stage. I think I wanted to see us to at least break into the last 16, if not the quarter final, and to get in the top four again. People would say alongside that, yeah, and let's win a trophy, one of the domestic cups. I don't think you can mandate that. I don't think you can mandate the winning of a trophy. I think about only one club in England can do that, and that's Man City. Even Man United going into next season, I don't think the board can say to Mourinho, you have to win a trophy, you're out. Maybe it's them, but certainly not the rest of us. Um, okay, so let's look at this, how the season unfolded. My, my, okay, my concern, obviously, as all of us was, was managing the Champions League campaign alongside the league campaign. Were we going to fall short with bodies and numbers? The end of the window, we, we'd done well, but we hadn't got Keita, we haven't got Van Dijk. So I, I, it felt like we were sort of, to a degree, a little bit in deficit before we'd even got going. There were some mitigations as to, as to what happened during the course of the season, whether you see it as success or failure. I think it could have been better, but for the following key occurrences. I think... We can easily forget the Coutinho saga. It wasn't just once, but twice. I think it was a double trauma in our season, once at the beginning and once in the middle. And I think it's to the credit of the club and what was achieved that we survived both. Uh, I think we forget that we didn't really have the best of Sadio Mane for the first half of the season, although he still got decent numbers. He was unfortunate with the suspension when he was just um, picking up a, a really good run of form in the very early part of the season. He had some niggly injuries as well. I think I think had with a better tailwind, we'd have had double the value of Sadio throughout the season. I think that would have made a major difference because I think he's a fantastic player and he showed it in the last portion of the season. I think we were also unlucky in April, May, with the injury crisis that particularly beset the midfield, Lalana, Chan, Gomez, who else am I not remembering, but others who were injured in that run, and it would have made a difference with naval us to have rotated players at a very crucial time of the season. I think we could add to the list of mitigations the Bouvach saga at the end. We don't know quite what effect it had, but it cannot have helped our manager and the squad moving into the decisive phase to have lost such a pivotal figure. Um, okay, those are those are things that I think had they not happened, uh, and they were a little unfortunate they happened in, in the way they did, that we might have done even better than we did. The key marker points in the season were watersheds, I would say, would be as follows. The defeat to Spurs, the, the, the nature of it, did us all manner of good. Uh, our, our defensive record after then is really, really quite impressive. We go on a series of runs that are, that are impressive, and I think it's the making of the team in, in, in a perverse way. Uh, I think... The other key points for me would be 
The 5 0 win over Porto, I think, helped this squad believe believe that it was something special, not just in in England in terms of a growing force in England, but in Europe. I think that was a very, very key moment how we all felt and how the team and the club felt in the wake of that 5 0 away win in Porto. I think a further fillet was achieved by beating City at home 3 0. And I think it, it, it literally and also mentally set us up for the rest of, the, uh, of that campaign. In terms of listing the achievements of the season, I would. Well, they're not obvious. I think finishing a strong fourth was an achievement. I think morally we're probably second because because uh, because we had to prioritise the Champions League in the in the run in. Um, I mean, the Champions League run is an achievement. I hope it'll live long in the memory. Okay, we didn't cross the line on it, but the way we we scaled some heights in European competition for the first time in a long time was 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 remarkable. Uh, and I think if you look at it as a body of work alongside the Europa run in 2016, you can start to see how there, maybe there are some parallels with how Liverpool emerged as a force between 2001 and, and 2009 in Europe. And I hope we're seeing the start of that phase again. Um, the other obvious successes were things like the sheer amount of goals we scored. Uh, we'll come on, I'll talk about that a bit more in a second. The way the defence settled down. Um, and I was particularly pleased at how we found a way to play, perhaps for the first time in quite a long time, against the bottom 13. This is a Liverpool side we're beginning to trust in the home and the away banker to a large degree. Looking at the season as a whole, uh, I think... It, it, there's another, a common theme emerging, which I think I'd have said in my review of 16 and 17, which is, but for a lack of resources in the run-in, we might have done that bit better. It cost us top four in 16 as we had to prioritise the Europa. It cost us, in 217, it meant we had to sweat to the last game. And in 218, I think with had we had the better resources, we might have got got that second place in the league and we might have crossed the line in the Champions League. So for example, had we replaced Coutinho, we might have we might have done better in the final itself. I don't know. The negatives or the concerns coming out of the season, there's not many of them for me, uh, but I'll list the, the ones that I have. There's the keeper question is still still there, you know, exemplified by what happened in the final. Uh, we're all now anxious about the lack of cover for the front three and very keen to see how that's going to get resolved this summer. I personally would like to see us begin to succession plan for, if it not Salah, at least for one of our stars, that the squad's big enough to be able to handle another big name leaving because it is inevitable at some point uh, a dream club comes knocking for a player we don't want to leave. I'd like to see our midfield level improve and the signs are obviously it's happening, certainly with the, the nature of the buys we've made. I want to see a midfield that is stronger in helping the side be able to see out a game. We often focus on defensive mistakes. I think it's a lot to do with midfield. I'd like to see more goals come from midfield. I hope with Kaitra and, well, Kaitra's best specifically beginning to solve that. Okay, to conclude, uh, what are my main gains of the season, apart from the obvious sort of achievements of getting in the top four again and getting to the Champions League final, have been as follows. I'd say the discovery of a world-class player in Mohamed Salah, where to begin and end on that one. Um, hopefully he, he pushes on, even if he's 75% of that player next season, what a player. Firmino going up a level, finding the level we all believed he had, I think, or those of us who are fans, that's a major plus. And, and, I, and I, I think he can sustain that. I think it was a major thing that Mane eventually repeated last season and showed a level and showed a, a variety in his play. I think that's a major, major plus. I think the discovery of two exciting young fullbacks, maybe, I'm not tempting fate, in years to come we'll see what an important breakthrough season it was. I think this, there is a, a sky's the limit view you can take of, of uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and, and uh, Andy Robertson. Van Dijk coming in. You know, he's made such a difference already and, and we hope, he, my, my prayer is that he stays fit and, and anchors a, build, a building quality in defence for years to come. And the final thing I take from the season is I think we finished the, the season, if you look at our, where our standing in England and the world game, much, much higher. I believe we're the second best team in England. I think the bookies agree Liverpool go into next season as, 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 the, as the, real, uh, the real choice for possibly succeeding City, a big ask. I think in Europe we showed we're very, very much back. So so much to so much to really look back on memorably and so much to look forward to. Okay. First thing that sort of stuck out to me as you were talking, which I think you said loads and loads of sensible things. You mentioned not replacing Coutinho um in January. Yeah. Do you view that as a mistake? Would that be a criticism? Would you say, lads, what were you expecting? You could have had someone lined up, or do you think this is just one of the the costs of doing business with Jurgen Klopp, if you know what I mean? Yeah, the latter. Uh, I defended Klopp 
in uh, at the end of January for not having replaced him. I, I wasn't walking in his shoes. The more we've read about the Coutinho saga, I think Mel Reddy's been particularly good on it. That Klopp just prioritized, made his absolute priority not disrupting the squad. And that it, it, it was something that had to happen. It had to happen in isolation. The idea that we'd like to replace Coutinho was obvious. <clears throat> Could he have replaced Coutinho with a makeweight is the question. We will never really know. Was a makeweight available of any serious standing? I don't think we know. How much should he have paid for that? That You could say, should we have paid 90 million that Leicester wanted for Riyad Mahrez, a player we don't particularly want? There, I think it's, I think no, we shouldn't have. I think it would have handicapped us coming into this market this summer. So I think, yes, the right decision was made. You could argue, I suppose those who argued against my point of view would say, yeah, but had we picked up an injury to one of the front three in that last month and not into the final itself, then maybe it would have been exposed as a big mistake. But I'd say in balance, no. Okay. Anyone got anything else for Rob? One question, Rob, just about your um, when you were mentioning the deficit of the squad heading into the season, not just the Coutinho, obviously that he hadn't so he gone just by passed, yeah. yeah, sorry, just gone. Do you think Klopp thought there was a deficit in the squad? Well, I, I think he very firmly targeted Van Dijk and Keita. I think he it was it was a, a very very solid and, and not unrealistic ambition to have them on board for the start of the two seventeen eighteen season. So, yes, I do think he would have seen that. And he also made the point that he wasn't going to take uh, half-measure replacements for them. He was, going to, he was going to hang in there for them. The fact that we agreed the Kaita deal, I think, shows that. So, yes, I think he does think there was a deficit there. Whether he thinks it was a deficit that's just part and parcel of football and you have to live with. I mean, he may intend on bringing in five faces this summer, but be saying to himself, and if we get three, it's not the end of the world because you'll never get it perfect. But, in, in, yes, in a technical absolute sense, yes, there was a deficit to my mind. Thank you. Okay. Right. Uh, next up, uh, Adam. Whenever I think about season reviews and looking back across what's happened, I think it's very. I think if you want to do it sensibly, then the most important thing is to go right back to how everybody felt at the start of the season, because it's easy to get caught up in things as they go along, and feel like thirteen, fourteen, for example, was a failure because we didn't win the title. At the start of the season, precisely nobody thought we were going to be involved in a title race. So that season, whilst it will always be a disappointment and it will always be sad that we have to refer it to as the season we almost won the league, nobody thought we'd even be there at the start of the season. And at the start of 17-18, the vast majority of, of people didn't think Liverpool would definitely be top four finishers. And that's, you know, that's not just the sort of weird cranks in the fan base. That's, that is a large chunk of the, the supporter base, especially when we didn't sign Van Dyke. felt that we didn't have what it, what it would take to finish in the top four. I was doing a bit of research before, and if my calculations are correct, there were 40 BBC journalists that were asked for their top four uh, at the end of 1718. Only 17 of them put Liverpool uh, in the top four, and one of them was Mark Lawrence, and so it doesn't really count. <laughs> then... Uh, the Independent had, I think, 10 journalists, only one of whom thought Liverpool would finish in the top four. So you can look back on this season and think, what a disappointment that we didn't challenge, you know, that we didn't finish second, that we didn't beat United, pip United to the post. But very few people thought we were nailed on for top four. So to then look back at the end of it and go, oh, what a shame we didn't finish second. And I think, you know, Rob made the point before that, that we're arguably the second best team in the country. And I think that, if you look at the league table, we finished six points, I think it was, off uh, United. And that's a draw against Everton, a draw against uh, West Brom and a draw against Stoke towards the end of the season. That are games that we almost certainly wouldn't draw if we're not in the Champions League. So if we're not getting to, sorry, to the Champions League final. So if we're, if if you want to, and, and there's really great work done by Andrew Beasley looking at all of these things, of the average number of points gained by teams that make it to the Champions League final. And Liverpool, this season, in 17-18, were pretty much smack bang in the middle of those sets of points. So it's very easy to look back at the end of a season and say, oh, what a disappointment we didn't do X, Y, Z. But in actual fact, we, we, we exceeded the expectations of the majority of people. Uh, there, there will always be those who think Liverpool will win the title this season, yada, yada, yada. But, but we never were really seriously contemplating that. What we thought was we'd do well to get back into the top four. I also have a, a little bit of a problem with, with sort of people who talk about how much Van Dijk has added to the defence, but then are slightly critical of the manager for not signing a Coutinho replacement, for example. Because I think the manager knew what Van Dijk was going to add. He knew what he was going to bring to the team and he held out for it because he felt like it would make a difference. 
yes, they knew they were going to lose Coutinho, but I think the manager knew what he was losing in that. And there's been, whilst Coutinho is a, is a class player and there isn't any question of that, I do think there's a bit of a rose-tinted spectacle look at him now where people forget the number of times he would pick the ball up, try and dribble past seven people and then smash it up into the top of the cop again and again and again, even within the same game, let alone within the same month. He was a brilliant player and he added a lot to the team, but I think we can see from how the team performed after he left that we also developed because he wasn't there anymore. Exactly like the manager says that we can't just give the ball to him. So the manager made a decision that, that it wasn't right to move forward with Coutinho as part of the squad. And when that when he makes that decision, he also thinks if we get a replacement, I want it to be the right replacement, just like Van Dijk. So if you're going to say the manager got the Van Dijk decision correct, which I think now, retrospectively, we can all say he did, I think it's then folly to say, but he got the Coutinho decision wrong. And it's also folly, I think, to say, you know, imagine what would have happened if we'd forced Coutinho to stay. Well, maybe we didn't make it to the Champions League final because the it was the team ethic that seemed to get us there, the, t- the way the team played and everybody picked up the slack that seemed to get us there. I, I'm always the sort of supporter that will look at things with a, a glass half full perspective rather than half empty. And I think that it, it feels now that we are at the st- sort of almost at the start of a journey, even though Klopp's been here for say two and a half seasons, if you like. It feels like we're at the start of a journey with him and that the Champions League was us being ahead of schedule uh, and that we are, it is widely felt, heading in the right direction. We've got a squad that is now looking better and better with each decision that the, the transfer team makes and that the manager makes. And it feels that the only players that are going to go, if you if you talk about outgoings of Liverpool in previous seasons, you will have been talking about, well, Coutinho is probably going to go. Suarez is probably going to go. Sterling is probably going to go. Now we're looking at this current squad and saying that the players that are going to go are Mignolet. The players that are going to go are Sturridge. Origi maybe doesn't get back in. Lalana might go. Non, no players that people would say, I can't believe we're losing them. That's disgraceful. You know, oh, well, you, you can't turn down Real. But Real and Barcelona aren't coming in for Daniel Sturridge as good a player as he is because his injury record shows that. And th- that was another thing as well over this season that when you look back, at the time, heads went all over the place when the manager decided to let Sturridge go. And he played, I think, one game for West Brom on his loan. So it, it, it's it's very easy in the moment to get caught up in the emotion of things. And as seasons go along, say, I can't believe, you know, we haven't finished second. Most, if you were told at the start of a season, you're not going to win a trophy. What do you want? Well, what you want is you want to finish in the top four. You want to go quite deep in one of the knockout competitions and you want to play attractive football. And aside from Manchester city, and uh, we're the only team that did that because Spurs didn't, Spurs might have played good football, but they didn't go, deep into one of the knockout competitions. Manchester United didn't play good football, so there's us. And that puts us in a situation that means we can all feel excited moving forward and that we're progressing. And there are flaws in this Liverpool team, but if there weren't, we'd be finishing with 100 points and winning the league. So the flaws that can be identified and hopefully dealt with, and it feels like for the first time in a long time they are being. And the one final thing I'll say is just about the owners and regarding the fact that, you know, are they good bad, are they good owners, are they bad owners? When they came in, they said that they didn't know much about football, but they were keen to learn. They knew pretty quickly that Roy Hodgson wasn't the right manager, so they gave him the boot. They brought Kenny in and they realised pretty quickly that we weren't going to go where they wanted us to go if we kept Kenny. Yes, he did well in the cup competitions, but that, that was balanced out by really quite appalling play in the league. Rodgers... They gave it their best shot with, but clearly didn't trust him. And the the errors that he made with the likes of Benteke proved that. I think this is the first time that the owners feel like they can trust the manager enough to let him do what he wants and they will support him. And I think that's why we're seeing a, a shift in the way we deal in the transfer market because the manager knows what he's doing. And it feels for the first time, arguably in my adult lifetime, that the entire club, including the fan base, the owners, the manager and the players, are all pulling in the right direction. So I feel very, very good at the end of this season. Yes, it was disappointing we finished fourth rather than second, but anybody with half a brain who's watched any football knows that we're the second best team in the country and you don't need points to prove that. And you don't go to the Champions League final if you're not a very, very good football team. Okay, anything? Anyone for Adam? I'm going to ask you both about this Man United thing. Because I don't think it's quite as matter of fact as you two seem to. Um, so we play five more games in the Champions League. 
um, than Man United. So everyone points to that as the reason. But they play five more games in the FA Cup. They get to the FA Cup final. So it's exactly the same. I've just had a look at their run. The, the last four teams, they play at all Premier League teams. They beat a really good Spurs team in the semi-final. So the intensity's there. Whereas you could argue with the Porto home games, a complete free hit for Liverpool. He could have put us out. He didn't, but he could have if he wanted to. So what I guess I'm asking is, if we're that much better than Man United, why did they finish six points ahead of us? I think the key thing is, you're not obviously you're not wrong, but you do get a gap you have to make up the games, but you do get a gap for the FA Cup games that you don't get for the Champions League games. So It's just pushing the Premier League so, game to a Wednesday though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but so Europe, if, you're going, if you're in the quarterfinal, semifinal and final of the Champions League, then the teams you are playing are better than the teams you're going to play in the, in the FA Cup at the same level because they've had to make it further in a tougher competition. Mm. So I think it is easier for a manager to rest players or rotate players or whatever when it's the FA Cup than it is in the Champions League because the level of opposition, I think, is better in the Champions League. So you have to... It's always going to be... There's also the travel that is significantly different. Going to Rome is always going to be different than going to Wembley, for example. So it, it, there, it, I don't totally disagree with what you're saying, but, but the thing for me, I think, is practically nobody at Manchester United has had fun. We, no one would argue that they've finished on a, a brilliant points total that Liverpool would snap their hands off for pretty much every season. But they're, but they're not enjoying themselves. And this is a different it. thing, though, isn't it, Adam? You're, so you're now saying that we've had more fun than Man United, and I would, I would say that's completely true. But for both of you say that categorically that Liverpool are a better season this team this season than Man United, I would disagree with because I think... Look at six points, and we never beat them. We drew at home and got beat at their place. And to be honest, they pretty much schooled us there. And so I don't think, and I'm not saying this just to two arguments. I'm saying it in terms of looking forward. I don't think Liverpool got enough points this season. I, I, I sort of, I, I see where you're coming from, John. But I'm looking at their run again. They've got Derby County, Yeovil, Huddersfield, and Brighton, and that gets them to the semis, right? Yeah. They. He'll have made. Ch- I haven't got his teams in front of me. But he'll have been able to make changes in those games. He won't have had to have his absolute prime eleven. The first time he has to is Tottenham, and then he's got the FA Cup final, which is a week after the end of the season. I don't think it's the same pressure on fixtures. There's no doubt we have a we have a phase which is starts when at about the Palace game, doesn't it? Till the end of the season, the last five or six games, where we have to be mindful that we're playing two games a week every single week and we've got the likes of City and Roma and in the end Real Madrid to play. And we have to compromise our selections. He in that space of time, that 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 compressed section of the season, he only has to deal with he's got he's got the Spurs game, which causes a knock-on effect into a midweek with a league game. I'm not even <laughs> I don't know. I I suppose I suppose part of the prejudice is born of the fact that we think that they've got a bigger budget than us and they have, and they start the season with a much, much bigger squad. So he's able to put the likes of Martial and Rashford on the bench and not even blink, and he's got the likes of Herrera to come in. I, I suppose it feels like it's a broader squad. Um, also, at the end of the day, the six-point gap, as Adam says, it's... it's is it here or there? It's not the biggest gap in the world anyway for where we go. I think you're right. We can't just go, yeah, we're streets ahead of Man U. But they felt like they had a squad that was squabbling and beginning to go backwards. It wasn't, let's put it this way, it wasn't getting better as the season went by. Again, we talked about the Spurs watershed. I wonder what the points gap is between us and them from that date onwards. You know, I know it's a convenient one to pick, but they get they but they start with four or five wins on the bounce, don't they? Whereas we're fannying around quite a lot. So I don't know. I don't I don't I think anyone's saying there's Daylight, there's massive daylight between us and Manu. I think that would be wrong. But I do think I do think we showed on a, lot, a number of tick boxes that we were better than them. And I think the one thing I'd rather say, sorry, Craig, the, the only thing I'd rather say is that when I'm saying it, I'm talking in terms of the type of football we're playing. And I I, I agree that, you know, yeah, that absolutely, you know, as you say, they, were, they did finish six points ahead of us. And it's not talking about the fun that you're having and the enjoyment that you're having and things like that isn't, doesn't matter to some extent. But I think to a big extent, it really, really does. I think it does matter. I'm and, not saying it doesn't matter. You know, I just think it's a separate point. I think, and, and, and it's, it is a separate point, you're right. But we're playing the type of football that I think means we can take a giant step forward. They're, taking, they're playing the type of football that doesn't feel like that. I think, I think it's more, I don't think it's anything to do with the cup run. I know the, the, the sort of last two or three games, 
that Liverpool play in the league were affected by our own Champions League run. Like I don't, like I said, I don't think we drew or, lo- or lose what we did. But I think I think it's more to do what happened at the beginning of the season. We were a little bit stop start. You think of like the defeat against City, the draws. It felt like we were drawn every week at, at one stage. Drawn with United, Burnley, uh, Newcastle. Um, so I think that's where we were we were losing those points and United started pretty brightly mm. um, and I think I think that's where the points were lost I think that the positivity is born out of how we've sort of reacted after the Spurs defeat and how we've pushed on from then and the, and the past sort of five months of the stadium I think that's where your point is that we're not streets behind them but I do think that you know if, if this is a Man United podcast and we're sat down we're saying yeah it wasn't a lot of fun but we were the second best team in the, in the league because we finished second but their mood would be a lot more downcast than ours. No, it would. Okay, uh, next up, Fuad Hassan. So, I mean, when I was looking back at this, the sort of first thoughts that I sort of looked at before really looking at the results or or the form or anything like that is it, it is a very good season in terms of progression um, and the and the uh, I think the experience gained for the squad is is really important to to highlight. I mean. You can't forget that this is the first real Champions League campaign for most of those players, especially the squad together. And what what they've gained out of it, even though even though we've lost the final, I, I think is is invaluable, and it's something they're going to come in come into use hopefully in future title challenges or or deep runs into the Champions League again. Um, and I think achieving top four again is something that you just cannot underestimate, especially given the the competition now. And you look at the two teams that have dropped out in it. You know they were top four regulars for the last ten years, much more so than we were. So it's it, it's an achievement in itself, and especially given the the Champions League progression. I mean, at first, when you're kind of looking back at the season, it, it feels like that Spurs loss at Wembley, which which you've highlighted earlier, it feels like that was a a bit of a a question mark with that game because. You kind of felt that, that that needed to be the game where we kind of kicked on because it was a little bit of a stop-start season and and you just sort of felt, I mean, it was in mid-October, you just sort of felt that, is this season going to be one of those where we have little patches but then we get kicked back down again and we don't really have that period where we can kick on and try and go on and achieve something. And, I mean, it turned out that after that game we did have a very good, we did have a very good run and, you know, we had a we had a long run till I think, the Swansea defeat, um, which, which kept us, you know, which kept us challenging for the higher places in the table so I think that's one thing we've seen throughout the season the bounce back ability from the squad in terms of coming back from defeats and and not and not kind of faltering I think Klopp's been brilliant at that and and he's instilled that into the into the team which is something completely vital if you're going to challenge for titles because if you if you're losing any games you can't you can't afford to make that two or three on the bounce um I think the actual slightly disappointing period was between the the Arsenal home victory until that Spurs defeat actually, and there were a few Champions League games there, but there were there were some sort of draws and and a, a few losses as well, which which might have been another area where we could have gathered a bit more momentum and taken us further. Um, I think exiting the League Cup in against Leicester was probably helped us later on in the season in terms of fixture pile up, and I think then we saw the rotation earlier on with. Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think it was one of his first games, and Andy Robertson comes in, and, and you could just sort of see these these players were finding their feet within the squad. And I think the club, uh, the manager, sorry, was also trying to figure out his his way of rotating these players and bringing them in. Um, I think that 18-19 game period from the Spurs defeat to Swansea, like I mentioned earlier, was was very good. And I think the, the football we were playing is probably there with the best we played in the last two years, and and we had some big wins away from home against Bournemouth and Brighton, and and at home, which is something we we sort of criticised a bit the season before where we were just dropping points against these these teams lower down on the table. And I think that's, again, very, very vital for challenging for titles to be able to make sure you pick up points in those games. You know, United have always done that in the past as well. So it's something that we really kind of sorted out this season, I think. I think if we're nitpicking in that period as well, there were some, some draws that should have been wins. I think the Everton game at home uh, and the West Brom game were two that really should have been should have been put away and, and that, could have well would have made a dif- uh, difference later on into the into the season in that same January period I think touched on earlier about Coutinho leaving and and you know I think there's a lot of question marks then and as to how the rest of the squad will handle it I mean the, the reports that he did perhaps unsettle one or two of the, of the players in terms of I think going to to some of the senior players and telling him his desire to leave but we never really saw that and I think it's a credit to the players and manager to how we kicked on after that period because 
it wouldn't have been surprising to see a little bit of a slump in terms of players figuring it out. And I think it did benefit us in terms of finding the right balance. I think when you have the four players we had, there's a kind of an onus to bring get them all on the pitch somehow. And I think at times when we played all four of them, we were lacking a little bit of that balance. And there was a little bit of a it wasn't as linked up as as it as it could have been. And as we saw later on with the likes of Oxlade Chamberlain getting his getting his run in the midfield. Um and I think Virgil van Dijk coming in just solves a lot in terms of a consistency at the back. I think both centre-halves have been in question and I think having one centre-half that you're completely sure about is really important just because it brings confidence to the rest of the back four and you just have an element of stability which can can kind of transmit into the rest of the team. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, a big thing that I sort of saw was, was the form against the top six. I, d- I don't feel like we we kind of showed ourselves like we did last season, 16-17, uh, in terms of away from home as well as at home. And I think a lot of that comes down to them being very good teams and you're not always going to be able to beat them. And I think we were unlucky in a few instances in terms of refereeing decisions. You look back at the Spurs game at home and, and little instances where it was close and we maybe just didn't capitalise on on games like Arsenal away comes to comes to mind regarding that. And I think, you know, from a, from a fan's point of view, it... it it felt like a season where we were very much united with the club, with the players on the pitch. I think that Leicester game at home was was also a game where we we kind of um, in, during the Christmas period where we sort of confirmed our belief in Mo Salah and and the quality that the team showed because that Christmas period, you know, historically has always been one where teams have struggled in and, and a key one in terms of deciding the outcome of the season. I think we we really played, we really got the results rather than rather than kind of being inconsistent. And that's the, the most important thing in that period. So that was really impressive to see the team dig in like of Burnley and Leicester at home and and get those get those wins. Um, I think the loss to Man United away, it, it could have been a real kick in the teeth, but, you know, the scenes after the game in the, in the away end and, and all that for me felt like a real kind of point of, Look, we we believe in this team. We believe in in what the manager is doing, and and from now on, we're gonna we're gonna back these boys until until the end. And obviously, the Champions League run helps in that. But it really felt like for me that game and um, the kind of fallout from it was was surprisingly positive to a defeat away against Man United. So that's something that really sticks out for me. And I think really to to kind of finish on is is yes, the disappointment of the Champions League final is. Is something we wish was, was kind of we're celebrating number six instead, but it feels like we're really kind of going into next season and to the summer in, in with a bounce rather than limping over the line. I, I felt like last season was a little bit of a limp to the over the line and and a rebuilding, not rebuilding process, but some big acquisitions were needed in the summer and to kick on to the next level. And I feel like we're at that stage now where it's small little bits of the puzzle that need to be added to really go on and achieve big things. So that's something I think really positive and. And hopefully we'll see the likes of some of the youth players, you know, this season, whilst we've had Trent come in and and really shine, I think can be a few question marks on whether or not Woodburn gets his chance to kick on and he's had a bit of a stop-start season. But there's some other youth players in there that are coming back from loan as well. That would be really interesting to see how they formulate in the in the manager's plans over pre-season. Okay. Anyone uh, got anything for Fuad? No. Anything to follow up on? It's interesting you mentioned that Christmas period and that, you know, that was where I think, and I think when I do my one of these, I may well touch on it, but where, I don't know what you think, Fuad, but the manager was making some big calls in the autumn in terms of rotation and selection. And he was probably doing them as much with that Christmas period in mind as the idea of longevity come May. And it it sort of vindicated him, but it's hard to see that vindication, isn't it, until you take the long long view. Yeah, exactly. I think it's probably why we saw a few few of those inconsistent results earlier on is just because of the rotation and then, it does pay off in the Christmas period, but then you can you can kind of look back and see whether or not it it kind of compensated for that. But I think the main thing with the Christmas period was you know it's Klopp's first last season was his first real go at that period, and and it feels like he he learnt a lot, and I think they really planned for it more than they've more than they've done so before, which is really important because it, it is about getting the results at the end of the day in that period, not not about the style. Okay. Just right. one thing, Neil. Sorry, on. before you move on, I just want to when you mentioned about the bringing in of the players for the Leicester game um, and how the cup game and how yeah. you know you saw a few players struggling and things. Do you think with the players that we've already signed are likely to sign, already arriving in Kaita, things like that? Do you think that 
the manager is now in a situation where we're more likely to target domestic competitions because we don't he doesn't have to let people find the legs in those competitions this season or do you think we'll still be in a bit of a situation where certain players may be used in those cups do you see what I mean yeah and no, I I think I'd agree with you in that we probably will see a bit more of a we will have more of an ability to bring in quality players into those into those games and I think the domestic cups give him a chance to play maybe some of the the other players around the fringes so not necessarily the 13 or 14 of the squad more of the 15 16s and and beyond so the Dom Solanke's might get a chance and a couple other of those players but at the same time there'll be the right mix in terms of there'll still be freshness with the senior players he does play and and the players that he brings in this summer will will come into that okay right next one uh, Craig Hannon yeah, so when when I thought about how this season started and it went straight back to August, feels like a, it feels like a different season when you think about the Watford game and the and you know it's a, it feels like a different team back then. Um, I think before that game um, and and at the end of the transfer window when we were looking at what we hoped Liverpool would do in the summer in terms of signings, um, look, we wanted to keep Coutinho and we were able to do that. But I think when we look back, it's you look at the signings that were made and at that time we were we were thinking it's not enough. I think you look at Salah and Salah wasn't the signing, you know, he wasn't the player that we've got now in terms of what we thought we were getting. Uh, Andy Robertson, underwhelming. Uh, Chamberlain, question marks around them, a bit underwhelming considering that we were after Thomas Lamar at the time. That's how we felt. And Dom Solanke, unproven. And we get Keita, but that's for next season. And at that time it was, it was kind of difficult for us to think about um, you know, get excited about that in a way that because we had a full season to go before we had to think about this. So I think when we were coming out of that transfer window, we were maybe a little bit disappointed. And I think that's been one of the the big things in this season is that now when you look at those signings, they're suddenly they're suddenly excellent signings. Chamberlain, you know, went on to, he. He, he emerged whenever Coutinho left. Andy Robertson's now looks as if he's sorted our left-back situation. Um, I, uh, Salah has turned into one of the top three um, players in the world. And um, I think that's a massive positive. So um, I was trying to think about how I felt at, at those times and, and I was disappointed, but it's just gone to show that here's another thing that Jurgen Klopp knows better than us fans. Um, and that seems to be a little bit of a theme through the season, I thought. Um, but I'll get on to that. So we start with um, we start with Watford and that felt like a false start. It felt like on the first day of the season, you want the win, you want the bounce, you're, everyone's bouncing into the ground, you're excited. And for them to score at the end in the manner that they do was was a disappointing start. But with with the two Hoffenheim games, I thought they provided us with some hope. And obviously the Arsenal win, that was the beginning of the season for us, I felt. And then and then it wasn't. Um, we have the we have the Man City game, um, which is which is disappointing in the way that uh, Manny gets sent off, but also in the, in the manner that we're beaten. Um, and then from there, it just again, it's it's continually soft start. It's the draws, even in the Champions League, the draws against Seville, the draws against Spartak, the draws against Burnley in the league, Man United, Newcastle. It just we weren't building any sort of momentum, um, and then it comes the Spurs game. The Spurs game, I feel like, it's the pivotal moment. I think that's the moment where we were at our lowest in the season, but then it was how we bounced back, like Fuad said before, and and that was the beginning of the run. I felt um, from then on, we have the the massive win against Maribor, um, which was an indication as to what we could, and I suppose Hoffenheim was an indication of what we could come to expect um, in the later stages of the Champions League. Um, the Christmas run, um, another another time that Jurgen Klopp has proved us wrong. There were plenty of podcasts, there were plenty of videos when we were talking about the rotation, and I remember the Everton game in particular. Um, you know, dropping Firmino and giving Slanky a go, and you know we didn't understand that, and it's and it's taken us to now until the end of the season and after a Champions League front uh, run for us to be able to say, yeah, well, Jurgen Klopp was right there because of the run the team went on over the over the champ uh, over the Christmas period. And, and how fresh uh, that the players still were arguably until about two or three games from the end of the season. Um, so 18 unbeaten until Swansea. Um, we bounced back really well from Swansea again. And again, it's like one of the guys said, it's that bounce back ability and it's that, it's that mentality um, within the team that, you know, we bounce back after the Spurs and we go on the run. We bounce back from Swansea and don't let it happen because these things happen because these little annoying 1-0 wins away to teams like Swansea can happen. But it's how we bounce back. Um, and, and from then on, you know, some may say that we 
we limped over the line in terms of the Champions League, but it, it, it always felt comfortable, I think. Um, you know, despite even the um, the defeat at Chelsea and the fact that we had the win in the last day, it felt comfortable. It didn't feel like we'd limped over the line like we had the previous year because we had the Champions League run. If that Champions League run hasn't happened, then we win those games. Um, and 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 so I you know, I think that I think that we can look at it as a positive in that how far we were sitting ahead of Chelsea coming into those games against Roma. Um, and then obviously on the last day of the season, it's it's another cup final. We did it last season um, and we were able to do it um, without any worry and without, yeah, without any worry. So I think when you look back on the highs, I think the Champions League runs the obvious one. I think as fans, um, we can... You know, there's no silverware at the end, but what this team's provided us in terms of the Champions League run is a possibility and belief going into the next season. It's a shift in mentality now from, you know, that old cliche tired thing that, that Klopp said at the start from doubters into believers, but it really feels like now the momentum of the past six months has, has allowed us to to be believers coming into this season rather than saying, oh, well, you know, if we make this sign and we make this sign and then we can challenge, it feels like now we... You know, we believe in this team and we have confidence in this team. And yes, with a couple of additions, we'll be better. Um, and on the additions, Fabinho getting done early, Keita for next season. These are things that now we can continue the momentum on. Uh, so, yeah, the Champions League run um, and the manner of the wins in that competition and, and how, um, you know, those performances meant that the whole of Europe had to stand up and take notice of Liverpool that, you know, they're back in the Champions League, but not they're not just back in the Champions League and, you know, doing a bit of an arsenal every season and getting to the, the last 32 or the last 16 or whatever and then going out. They, they're in this competition to, to compete and to win it. And, you know, we were one short this year, but, you know, it because of what this team of, the belief that this team have given us, it, you know, if you told me that we were in Madrid next season, uh, you know, we were in, at the final in Madrid, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised. I really wouldn't. Um I think the Everton, as as fans, I think the Everton Cup win, um, sort of the arrival of Virgil Van Dijk, and it's I think that's one of the the big forgotten games from this season, and just goes to show how much fun we did have as fans over the past three or four months. Because at the time that Everton game coming out of that was, you know, it was it was the best feeling in the world coming out of that, watching our new signing, the signing that everyone was waiting to sort of feel and have hiccups and you know, 75 million, but he just, he proved his worth, not just for that goal, but his performances afterwards. So I think that was a big high. Um, in terms of little moments, the um, the Burnley and Leicester games felt like two games where in the past, historically, you would have looked at our rivals and said, oh, that's what they, they always do that. They always find a way to win in a, in a horrible game like the Leicester game where we go 1-0 down. Um, and I think the crowd that night as well showed its worth. Um and then the Burnley game, um, and you know the Clavin uh, Lovren goal. I think that was, um, I think that was a big moment because it continued the momentum into the new year. It was a, you know, it was the first game of the new year. It was the first win in the new year, and that just keeps everything ticking over and everything going. And it just shows that it's that thing that Klopp said at the start is that we can, you know, this team can do anything. Um, there's. I can't remember what his exact quote were, but you you can score this amount of goals in this amount of minutes at the end of the game, and that was just another another late goal and and just that little bit more of belief um, added on. And the City at home game, I think, was the game that we saw someone like Andy Robertson announce himself um, with a massive performance against one of the best teams in Europe. We also see Oxlade Chamberlain again, you know, a couple of good performances over at the Christmas period and, and confidence building with him. But I think that was the moment he he well and truly believed that he belonged at Liverpool and belonged in the first team and um and took up the mantle um of, of Philip Coutinho until he was injured. And you know it was interesting hearing you you guys talk about the Coutinho thing and at the time we were all saying oh we should you know we needed to sign someone we needed to sign someone but I wonder if what Oxley Chamberlain was doing up until he was in he was injured would have happened if you know, if we had have brought someone in, if you bring Amara's in and then Chamberlain's still on the bench, I wonder what that does for him. Um, so I think, again, that's another thing that fans were, were worried about and, and were questioning Klopp around, but I think he was vindicated in that sense. And um, yeah, I, I thought that was a big positive, the emergence of new players that we can rely on and uh, coming into next season. I know it's, it's a great shame that Oxford Chamberlain's injured and if you'd have told me when he got injured in, in the Champions League semi-final, that how disappointed I would be at that, that he would miss our final games and miss the Champions League. I would laugh at you when we signed him. Um, I think Van Dijk uh, has been mentioned. And I think, yeah, the main thing's just that shift in mentality and the shift in 
that belief that we're taking into the new season. You, you look into past seasons and how how we've bounced into the season. How in and I think of um, Brendan Rodgers first uh, first season, we were poor the first six months and the final five months of it. Um, we looked really good and there was there was signs of positivity going into that and I think that helped um, and I think that helped with the you know the, the start to that season and I think this can be the same again I think that now we're going in and we can we can start with the 11 that we finished with broadly uh, with a couple of signings and really believe that we can that we can you know we can fight for um, fight for first place um, the lows of Coutinho um, I think the City game at the start of the season obviously the final um, but I think one of the I think one of the big things I've taken from this season is that you know we got beaten in the Champions League final and, and you know we were devastated and gutted about it. But the next day we were you know we were just excited about what this team had achieved and what this team could achieve in the future. And it didn't feel like the end of something. I think it felt like the beginning. You know, even though it was the end of the competition we're being, it felt like the beginning of something. And you know, there's parallels to be seen now between Klopp's time at Dortmund and Klopp's time at Liverpool. Um, the way he handles big big player departures um, and we can have confidence in him because of what he's done in the transfer window at Liverpool and because how he was able to replace those players at Dortmund that he can do the right thing this time. Um, I think the rotation thing where we're all criticising him, well, he did the same at Dortmund and the fans were criticising him there, but it worked and he knows it worked. So he's done it this time again. Um, and just all in all, it's just... At the aims of the, at the start of the season was progression first and foremost to to ensure that coming into the uh, the off season um, of before the eighteen nineteen season coming into that with the belief that Liverpool are heading in the right direction and the trajectory is up and for you know potential new signings to be able to see that for opposition fans to be able to see that um, and that we weren't stalling and I think that's been achieved it's definitely been achieved we're in Champions League again um, and we've got the Champions League run. Um, we heard Melissa Reddy's piece where she said that agents are now ringing Klopp to offer their players, and I think that's, you know, that's uh, one of the reasons for that is what they've achieved in the past in the past few months. So, um, like I said, it's this is a different team, despite the fact that we made one signing in January and we lost a player. It's a completely different team now to what we began this season with, um, and add a couple more, and uh, who knows what this team can achieve. Okay, I don't got anything for Craig. Sorry, if not. Just got one philosophical question. Well, <laughs> Hello. You said at the start, Craig, that you uh, were disappointed with some of the signings and things like that. And then you said, but it just shows that Klopp, you know, knows more than we do. Do you think moving forward, you'll have learned from this season as a supporter that you will have more faith in the manager? Or do you think you'll still be, if we sign Butland, for example, do you still think there'll be a little bit of you that's <laughs> nice like, question. Ah, I don't know why he's done, you know, do, do you think that this has kind of made you go, do you know what, I'm going to wait six months here before I react? Or do you think that you'll still always have that in you a little bit? You're saying well, you're still going to be a prick, Craig, that's what you're saying. Well, like, like you and everyone else. When, when you look him. back, because obviously hindsight's a wonderful <laughs> thing and like, you know, who would have known that Jurgen Klopp that's won all of the things that he's won and done what he's done in the game knew more than Craig Hannon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like but, when you think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. But what I would say is, yes, yes I would. I've thought about this before and I've seen some of the links and I feel like, I feel like not just what he did last season in terms of the players he brought in and how they've adapted and become what they have, uh, which are important <coughs> players like Sir Robertson, Salads, what he's done. I think the season before that as well, because we were questioning Manny when Manny signed, we wanted Goethe as fans. Um, and so, yeah, I think in short, the answer is yes. I think that I think that what he's done over the past two seasons in terms of the players he's brought in has meant that, yeah, I fully trust him. And, and maybe that gives... You know, maybe we won't be we won't be as quick because I think like I would say it wasn't just me. I think it was the majority of our fan base were underwhelmed by what he did last summer in terms of the signings and the worry around Coutinho. And then January again, we weren't happy in January, but um no, I definitely I definitely do do think I will. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Last one, John Gibbons. Yeah, it's it's quite hard going last, isn't it? So I mean I will just touch on a couple of things that that maybe haven't been talked about and, and that I'd like to uh, and that things that really please me this season. First of all is the, the crowd and and the makeup of the crowd in, in particular uh, has been great and, and I've really enjoyed and it's felt young and vibrant and positive and I take um, the the Rob Gutman point in that Rob always says, look, crowds are, 
a lot a lot of crowds are dictated by how well the team's doing and there was times you know 13 14 when we're doing really well and everyone's really positive and and, and that is true but i would say it does feel like there are more young people going it does feel like there are more people going to the game now just determined to enjoy it and and that's felt like that throughout the season even when things weren't going as brilliantly as, as you kind of you, you remember looking back and so so that's been really nice because I noticed um I don't know Paul Jones um, putting on t- on Twitter this morning saying think back to Aston Villa away uh, sorry Aston Villa in the in the cup semi-final the didn't just feel like you know, it wasn't just a bad day kind of on the pitch because it was a it was a d- defeat in an FA Cup semi final. It, it just felt horrible off it in terms of in the in Wembley and I mean Wembley's never great, but just felt very toxic at the time and, and to have turned it around so quickly. And I think a lot of maybe people have packed in since then and stuff, and maybe people have decided that it wasn't for them and they're gonna go do something else. But but whatever or or maybe the same people have just have just turned from doubters to believers, but whatever's happened it's been great and, and and long may that continue into next season and find a way to harness that. But I'm positive that it will because because the second great thing has is, is, been this season is that I've never known a kind of greater kind of unity between manager players and supporters that there's been. Uh, in all my time following Liverpool, I don't think. I think there's been look, managers that have been loved as much as Klopp, obviously, because Rafa was, you know, and there's been, you know, Time, you know, players we've connected with maybe more individually, but but just that group unity has never been as strong. And those of us who were lucky enough to be in Rome, we'll just sort of never forget that really, and and what that was like. And you know, I've seen it. You know, other clubs doing similar stuff in Germany or whatever. And I've always been a bit jealous. You know, when you've seen them on the scale and the, the things that kind of high five and stuff. And I thought, oh, why can't we ever have that? And we've qualified for Champions League finals before, so it wasn't like a, a unique experience. But but yeah, that. That thing, and that's important for, for for a lot of people because it, it sounds like a little silly thing, but you you want you want to you want to feel like that that the, your values are supported and on all the money you spend and all the effort you go to 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 get to some of these places is is appreciated. And I think I've 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 felt that a lot more this season that the, the players get get it, get what the fans go through, and and, and a realization amongst everyone. I think that we're better off when we all work together. And I don't know who's instigated that. I think it's mainly Jurgen. Um, although you hope that that, Tony, that since Tony's joined, he's he's kettling them down at Melwood and stuff like that every day. I'm a little quiet words, and I'm sure he has made a difference. And you know, I hope he feels like he has because you know because it has been different this season in terms of you know how that's grown and 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 the, the power that we that we get from each other's face and and we were obviously mocked for it before the Man City game by a lot of City fans and fans generally thinking like, you know, Atmosphere FC and all that, thinking that they can make a difference. Well, well we did and we've proved it to ourselves and to everyone again that we can do it and most importantly to ourselves, I think, because that's what makes you do it again and that's what makes you meet the bus and that's what makes you create the rules and that's what makes you create atmospheres that make fantastic footballers suddenly turn very average and so... So they're, they're the things I've sort of got from this season, really, and they're the things that, that I'm really hopeful of um, going into next year. And also the fact that I think a few of the lads have touched on is that you sort of feel like everyone knows what we need to do to push on and to get 10 more points or 12 more points or whatever in the league and and to make a bit more, bit more of a fuss a bit more of a go, sorry, at the domestic cups because it's still, that West Brom defeat in the fourth round of the FA Cup still really does me head in. And it's funny enough, Craig says about that, everything game gets forgotten. I've completely forgotten. So sorry, boys, it's four extra FA Cup games to Man United because I just completely forgot about that third round win. Uh, I just I thought we just went in, got beat by West Brom and then went home again. So uh, so, <laughs> so apologies to everyone, up to and including Virgil van Dijk for forgetting his brilliant setter. Um, so it's, you feel like you know what we need to do but there are obviously challenges as well. Um, you know, that September and October that the, the Fuad um, touched on um, a bit more than anyone else. You know, we were very inconsistent in that time. We won once in September and only twice in October, and that's when we were playing a lot of games as well. And that was mainly due to, you know, inconsistencies and a lot to do with round rotation. We're going to have to rotate again next season if we want to do achieve what what we believe we do and we need to find a, a better way of coping with it and one of those ways is obviously having better players so you're rotating better players in and out and you're not having the big jumps you know two of those draws before Christmas and ones where Solanke starts up front and there's obviously a big drop there in terms of both in terms of how he plays and and you know his general quality compared to someone like Firmino but 
but also I think there is an issue around when we have a settled team and when we get our rhythm going and when we become greater than the sum of our parts. And that's really, really positive. And that's like great teamwork to be more than the sum of your parts. But the problem is, as we know, the sword in the final, when you take one part out, it, it's not just a drop there. It's the negative effects on, on the other players. And so we need to find a way around that, really. We need to find a way to both be greater than the sum of our parts and it not be a disaster when, when one of those parts comes out. And that's dead hard, but we're going to have to find a way. And I don't know whether it's becoming a team that scores more cheap goals or becoming a team who, who manages to get through. But we do need to find a way to, to, to turning those draws into wins. And, and we forget that they weren't just defensive issues. They weren't just stuff that I, I agree that Van Dijk sorted. I don't think Watford, I don't think Seville happens. Now Virgil's there. I think he sort of sorted that, but there was a lot of those games where before Salah really kicked on that we were, you know, going to Newcastle being rubbish and drawing one all and, and you know, home home against Man United where we just look at sort of a little bit blunt. That's a nil-nil. There's, you know, so it's it's finding, it's finding more firepower, but also finding a way to grow the squad, but also to remain a team. And, and that's difficult. That's why it's it's important as possible to get get them in early and and and, and so that's great that we've signed for being early because he's going to get a real good pre-season. So that's the challenges for me going into next season based on what we've seen last season. But I believe they can do it. I hope the positivity stays. I hope everyone's you know the, there's not a Champions League kind of hangover if you like. There's there's just determination to use it in a positive way and thinking well we'll go back next year and do one better. That's what I'm hoping to see next year. But you know, mainly positives from me. And and what, what a laugh it's been. Like, there's just loads of, of great times, you know, following Liverpool this season. And that's that's sort of what you're in it for, isn't it? Um, just quite quickly, uh, because we want to sum up. But I think what you're almost talking about, both what you've seen this season on and off the pitch and what you're hoping for and saying it's, you can see what we need to do, is there does seem to be an unbelievable, I, I don't understand why maybe you've been as hard as this for as long as it has, there does seem to be an unbelievable clarity of purpose from the yeah. collective yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think that's everyone at the football club deserves credit for that, really. Is is, is clarity of purpose is, is a good point. It's look, fans going, they play well better when we just scream and shout, and, and it helps having a new song and everything. But the rejoy fans going to a game, going, do you know what? We're going to have a great time here. It might be Brighton in December where it's a bit cold and we were all open for August, but that was some end now. You know what I mean? It's just a league game where we're. We were out of the title race, and that was that was some end. That it was some let off for them goals, and you know, it was just Brighton in the league. You know what I mean? And but it was, but it was great. And so there was a determination early, I think, to by supporters to to get stuck in and, and enjoy it. And I think, you know, it sounds like an obvious thing, but it hasn't always been there. So yeah, clarity of purpose from the supporters that you know we, we we're going to do everything we can. Clarity of thought in terms of the players in terms of this is how we play this is what we go about we've got complete faith in what the manager's telling us to do complete faith in the, in the lad to it out on, on, on the pitch you know when we can get our, close to our best 11 out about, about what they're going to do and a determination to kind of get there and, and everyone seems to be pulling in the same direction at the moment and that's great and that's not to say that that that's going to last forever because the, it, it might not we've had false dawns before but it's, but it's certainly a great place to start and I just think you know, we, we just need to make sure that the positivity remains because it'd be the easiest thing to do for the club to get back together and just feel that sadness because it felt like it was almost kind of destiny, wasn't it? And the players would have felt that as well. Like, we're going to do this, we're actually going to win the bloody Champions League and this is going to be amazing. And then to, to not do that, it can, it can deflate you and it can, you know, you start to feel like, well, are we ever, are we ever kind of, are we going to get that opportunity again? And I hope it's the opposite. I hope the players feel like, do you know what? That was brilliant. And we didn't quite get there, but let's have a good another go next year and learn from it and, and just try and relive that experience because it was brilliant. And that's what the, these players want that as well. Well, any footballer wants it. And that's why, you know, we're, we're seeing articles like the one from Mel, the, one of the guys mentioned before, that people just want to play for Liverpool. And, and why wouldn't you if you're a footballer? And, and that's how they'll feel. And so... Yeah, there's loads of reasons to be positive. There's loads of reasons to feel like we can carry this on plus into next season because we did give away too many cheap points. So there's obvious ways to improve. And that's what I like. Sometimes I've been looking at Liverpool squads in the past and thinking, I don't know where to start. You know, sell them all and start again. You'd have to have any you've thought so. The goalie's not great and the defence isn't brilliant and midfield's with pedestrian and the lads are funk aren't great. You know, there's been times where we've done that. You know, everyone's just kind of been quite good and, and you haven't really known where to go from there now. There's a really, really good 
base to go on, just needs a bit more quality and as I say, to be able to deal with the rotation and to chopping and changing a little bit better and finding that rhythm and this this team with a few additions might do wonderful things next season. Anyone else? Yeah, I just wanted to say, just echo what you said there, John. It feels in previous seasons we've said going out of the season, oh, dealing with left back or, or yeah. centre mid is the least of our problems. Oh, yeah. Like there's a busy shop in this day. Was doing the transfer committee game and listening to all this here today. You realise no, the additions we make now aren't just plugging gaps. They they give us the chance to go on and become a really elite yeah. team. Oh, definitely. There's none of this. Oh, oh, we can't deal with that this summer. We've got too much to do. Yeah, there's none of that at all. Okay, brilliant stuff. Thank you very much indeed. I hope you've enjoyed that, listeners. Uh, thank you very much to Craig Cannon, Adam Smith, Rob Gutman, Fuad Hassan, and lastly, John Gibbons. Uh, this is the Anfield app supported by Redbet. Redbet uh, Red says, share the glory. Uh, if you are going to gamble, please do so responsibly. Be gamble aware. It's been a fantastic season. There is more of these to come if you subscribe, and there is more of them uh, to come uh, on the free show on the radio on Friday, and I'll be doing mine then as well. Uh, I've just decided. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.